0: Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton.
3: It is Friday, September 15th, 2023 season 19, episode number 32. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the start. It's our job today to get you guys ready for Cowboys versus Jets. That's happening this Sunday at AT AT&T Stadium. It is the home opener for the Cowboys. They are looking to go to 2-0. Jets also looking to go 2-0. So it'll be a fun game, interesting game. Lots of things for us to talk about today. We're going to start with uh, some injury updates. There were uh, several. There are several players that are still on the injury report. Uh, so, Patrick, give me
4: some updates. What are we looking at? Yes, we're going to try to navigate around Ambar's panic um, in seeing Zach Martin appear on the injury report. <laughs> oh, y-
1: yes. <laughs> I was we're, like, on, oh, gonna, okay, are you kidding me? We're
4: going to work through this, okay? <laughs> Let's just breathe. We're going to work through this. Um, because uh, Zach Martin, yes, he did pop up on the injury report as limited in yesterday's practice, which was a full practice with a groin I- issue slash injury. Um, but in Zach Martin's weekly address to 105.3 from the fan on yesterday.
3: Look at you. Yeah. He Mr. Said, Broadus?
4: He said, quote-unquote, I'm good, just dealing with some tightness. They were taking care of me today, end quote. So it sounds as if nothing major that at all. That kind of all. day. Yeah, just yeah. that kind okay. of day. And, you know, it's a veteran guy, so, you know, be extra precautious. So um, no concern there for Zach Martin. Let's fingers crossed that stays that way because we don't want Ambar to panic. Uh, Donovan Wilson, great news. Or Dak. or, or the
1: Dick. Cowboys. That's <laughs> fair. Okay, listen. If something happens to a guy like Zach, yeah, we're all that's full panic yeah, mode. That, we're all
4: panicking. No, no doubt. doubt. Uh, good news. Donovan Wilson upgraded to limited. That w- was his first padded practice participation since suffering his hamstring injury in the first week of training camp. Oh, calf injury, I'm sorry, since the first week of training camp. So, that uh, was before they had on pads, so yeah, this is the yeah, first yeah, time having on exactly. pads since last since season. Last season. Yeah. So Donovan Wilson it just made a huge leap toward uh, getting on the field on Sunday. Brandon Cooks, he was DNP, did not participate on yesterday, which was expected based on what Mike McCarthy said yesterday morning. Uh, he'll likely be in the rehab group again today. Uh, that's, that's what was intimated by G- general manager and owner Jerry Jones on the fan this morning not you know 30 minutes ago so but he also said that there's a long way to go between now and kickoff so they're not making any kind of determinations on Brandon Cooks right now he said quote unquote it's not like he needs the reps so sounds like Cooks could be a game time decision but if he doesn't practice that doesn't exclude him from playing Uh, let's see we got Tyler Smith Sounds like Tyler Smith probably not going to go. We'll see how it plays out. But Jerry Jones on the fan this morning did not sound optimistic at all. Uh, and then when you combine that with what Mike McCarthy has been saying this week, just doesn't seem to be the case. He Jerry did say that Tyler is, quote, unquote, the least optimistic. Uh, possible, probable to play to be active this Sunday against the Jets. So it sounds like it's going to be another round for Chuma Edoga. Uh, And who else we got? We got Tyron Smith. He was a full participant in both of these practices. So I'm going to turn it really quickly to the Jets, because here's what's interesting to me from the Jets standpoint. One, something that we saw yesterday, Brees Hall, Makai Beckton and Dwayne Brown. They're all still limited, even though Thursday was a full practice for the Jets. So they're still limited. And we talk about stopping Brees Hall. We talk about Cowboys defensive front against the Jets. Um, O-line Jets O-line, not healthy Brees Hall dealing with a knee issue. Greg Zerline is now 50, 50 to play against the Cowboys. Now for me, this is where, this is why this, that information is, is key. If he does play, He's obviously playing on a hurt groin, one that's hurt to the point where they're considering sitting him. How does that impact uh, Robert Sala's offensive game plan and Nathaniel Hackett's offensive game plan? Does that make them more aggressive because they know that they might not have the distance that they normally have as far as field goal attempts for Greg Zerline? Also, would that give a guy like Cavante Turpin more opportunities um, in the kick return game because Zerline, if he's if he's the place kicker with a hurt groin, maybe that minimizes or eliminates the possibility of touchbacks. So something to keep an eye on there, ladies and gentlemen. Does Greg Zerline play? And if he does... He's not completely healthy. What does that do for the Jets? One thing to note about Greg Zerline,
3: while he was here, uh, there was talk that he groin. didn't have the same level of distance that he once did. He, mm-hmm. His leg wasn't as strong as it once was. I wonder how much a, a groin, going to your point, how much a groin injury affects that even more. Yeah. When you talk about distance, uh, that that I think may That's become a an one. issue for them. Yeah, That's a big one. But give me a a, a pulse on what you guys think if if Brandon Cooks can't go for the Cowboys how much does that affect this team and what they're trying to do offensively
5: I think it affects them a lot I really do I, and and it, it puts a lot more pressure on Michael Gallup maybe that's what you want as a Cowboy fan to for him to have to to get more of an opportunity it puts a lot of pressure on Jalen Tolbert that, as that's well
4: fine. there it you is. know
5: and so you've got two guys right there you know you're everybody it was it was nice to see Gallup have a reception in that game the other day to start the second half uh, but yeah Brandon Cooks uh, against this secondary you're going to need guys that find ways to separate and you know not to t- Tolbert and, and Gallup can't do that but the one guy that consistently besides Lamb that could separate is Cooks you know so if it turns into you you, you know there has to be a sureness of the way you run a route there has to be some separation there if you can gain it, because this secondary will make it difficult for you. And their pass rush will make it difficult for you too. So to me, if it's um, I, I would say that it, it's one of those one of those serious things if you're, you know, like we Ambar would talk about if you were to take Zach Martin out. I think taking Brandon Cooks out is just as important just from the the standpoint of of how I potentially can move the football in this game. Yeah.
1: Without a Brandon Cooks, I mean, this offense completely changes in my eyes. I think he's that extra little cherry on top that brings the spark in, a spark into the offense that we haven't seen it working f- in full go just yet. We haven't seen the passing game be at its best just yet. So they're still trying to... F- find that game uh, obviously different weather conditions here but also here in the comments you Brian you broke down the defense we heard yesterday I believe it was uh, Micah Parsons talking about this is a really really good defense and he even jokingly mentioned it to Dak like hey you guys gotta take it serious because it's a tough defense to go up against so you talk about possibly losing that type of element, speed. I think it does change your game a little bit, but you still have other guys that you can still use. We saw, uh, again, we talked about Kavante Turpin, what he was able to do. Hopefully that's something that becomes more of a consistent, in a consistent basis, because that hasn't happened yet. But um, we'll see. And he did, Brandon Cooks, he did mention, like, if he wasn't, hundred percent he wouldn't be playing, so I'm really curious to see what his actual condition is and what the medical staff really thinks I think
5: I think that if 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 it was a legitimate knee sprain, I don't think he plays oh yeah I, sure. I mean I that's where and I think that you know when Patrick got to visit with him in mm-hmm. the locker room and others have got to talk to him and you know that that Jerry Jones is talking about that well he doesn't need to have reps and all that. I, I think that you know it, it it in that regard it does bode well. i I'm like to say, I just feel like where this team is at right now, you need as many people stressing this defense out as you can and you take him out there there's that stress level goes away for the jets and so I you know I, this I, I want to believe this guy is going to play. I, I, I want to because if if it was if it was as doom and gloom as everybody, you know, I mean, there were some reports yesterday coming out about you know, you know knee sprain, knee sprain, knee sprain. I'm thinking, well, he's not going to play. But the fact that you know that he is where he's at, I think there's a possibility that he does
4: play. I think it. I think it goes to the wire in the aspect of I think the Cowboys hold him out of today's walkthrough and tomorrow's walkthrough as well and just use this as as an ice week for him, so to speak, so that it's as rested and as good as possible going against the Jets. Because to answer your question, Derek, I think it'd be a really big loss. Now, yes, to Ambar's point, you have other horses in the stable. You have Michael Gallup, who you're going to task with stepping up. You have Jalen Tolbert, who would love for it to have this opportunity, especially this early in the season, because that young man's champing at the bit to get out there and show the that training camp and preseason wasn't a fluke. Um, and I love what you said about Kevontae Turpin, because that's what I was thinking as well, as like a, a third body who could potentially be, you know, someone who can get separation, who can give that Brandon Cooks-esque kind of uh, quickness in space and on quick routes and stuff like that. And then that would, by default, maybe that brings Deuce Vaughn more into the backfield and gets Deuce Vaughn. Um, so I, I'm involved. I'm, I'm assuming that if Brandon Cooks doesn't play, obviously the Cowboys are going to have a contingency plan for that. For me, that's going to be a package of Gallup um, with Tolbert. And then you make Sinkavante Turpin as well, which, you know, like I said, should allow do small reps in the backfield. But I mean, there's no way to sugarcoat it. If Cooks is off of the field, that's you just took a nuke out of the equation I I mean Michael Gallup is capable Turpin is capable Tolbert he's shown he's capable in preseason and training camp not just yet in a a regular season game but none of those guys and no disrespect to him but none of those guys have Cooks's skill set but I'm with Brian I feel like uh, it's going to come down to the wire but I think Cooks plays yeah I, I, I think that you're back to
3: if he doesn't play back to what you were last year, which yeah. is if they can figure out a way to neutralize Hopefully Lamb, with a better Tolbert, though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can you can Personal make wise, the argument. Yes. You can make yeah. the argument that you think Gallup is going to be better. You can make the argument that you think Tolbert will be better. We have not seen that yet, though, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. the part. Like until you see it, you don't know if you can necessarily trust it in these games. Yeah. And what we saw last season was if teams could figure out a way, particularly there at the end of the season, they could figure out a way to take CeeDee
4: Lamb out of the game. Then that that had a big effect. Then, that. T- then your tight ends got yeah. to step up big. No doubt. that's, that's no going to be another another uh, layer to it as well. Is is you know stretching the middle, uh, like taxing the middle of the field, applying pressure to the middle yeah. of the field, and those linebackers. So if Cooks is not on the field, I mean you need your tight ends to step up and make these catches anyway. And I, I think they are going to be tasked with doing that much more so than they were in inclement weather in New York. But without Cooks on the field, you got has, has well, to, somebody else to Well,
5: I mean, and how much now does that mean that Lamb plays slot? Right, you know, and now, and so to me, the the matchup of him and Michael Carter in the slot favors the Cowboys. Right, but do the Jets counter by saying, "Well, we'll stick Reed, or we'll stick Sauce Gardner in the slot. We're not going to let you. Well, make them move him. They yeah, don't, that's they what, don't what I'm saying. They him, don't right? want to move him yeah. now. The, they if you if you watch, when they got down in the red zone, there was one series where they flipped the corners where they put sauce on the right side and brought Reed and I wonder if it had to do with they felt like that that Buffalo was a right-handed team that the way that they use their red zone offense is they attack the right mm-hmm. cuz when you see the the flow it always seems like it's the quarterback it was the flow everything is going to the right side there and maybe they felt like that you know with Reed maybe he'd be a little bit more physical over there but you 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 have to figure and and the fact that they've probably well not probably. They practiced all week without cooks. You know, I'm sure that they have a really good slot plan, right? Uh, because, you know, they, they, I would find, I would find as many ways possible to get Turpin, or excuse me, uh, okay, Turpin. Or Tolbert mm-hmm. on Sauce and Gardner. Sauce. There you go. Yep. I'm, I'm going to figure out you are going to cover somebody all day. I'm going to make you just run today. Yep. I'm not going to let you. I'm probably not going to throw a ball your direction, but I'm going to make you run all day today yep. and 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 not play in this game. Yep. Because I'm not. If I don't have cooks, I got to now find a way to use Lamb in another way to kind in of a create a favorable matchup. In a right? favorable matchup. Yeah. yeah, that's my idea. Yep, I'm with you. All right, we're going to take
3: our first break. When we come back, let's start diving into this game. we got some questions on that. We'll get to some keys of the game. Uh, Amber has a game for us in the final segment, and Ooh. then we'll get our picks. We're going to get some picks today, see what everybody thinks is going to happen this Sunday. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com Radio.
0: A location near you. Back to the break.
5: Rally days presented by SeatGeek give NFL fans an experience of a lifetime the day prior to the Dallas Cowboys home game. On September 16th, enjoy activities at Miller Lighthouse and get a behind-the-scenes tour of AT&T Stadium and more. Visit at rallydays Rally Days for more information and to get your tickets today.
3: Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment is presented to you by Blockchain.com. Here's a question I have for you guys. I was watching the game last night, the uh, Eagles, they get the win. Uh, But it it became very apparent to me, I think, looking at the football I watched last weekend and then watching again last night, I think across the league, defenses are quite a bit ahead of offenses. And my question for you is, do you agree with that statement?
4: Uh, And if so, what do you think is the reason for that? Uh, I do agree, and I think it's uh, largely in part due to the fact that, you know, more often than not, head coaches just want to protect their starters in the preseason, It's particularly offensively when you're talking about, you know, franchise quarterbacks and key offensive linemen, because you don't want to lose an offensive lineman. You see around the league that OL depth is an issue, you know, particularly here in Dallas as well behind those five starters. Um, but when you have a situation where often – you have these head coaches that are like, you know what, we're, we're not going to risk it or we're going to greatly minimize the number of reps that our starters have in the preseason, kind of still using, trying to use the third game, which would typically be the dress rehearsal in a four-game scenario in preseason, still trying to get those guys some reps, if any reps at all. But when you don't have those preseason reps, then you're going to have your offenses come out and they're trying to find themselves. And then you have a situation don't like in But you feel that
1: like, uh, during training camps, the offense are the ones who have the advantage in
4: one-on-ones. <laughs> yeah, in one-on-ones. But,
1: but I, th- I think... I don't know. I think th- they get a different kind of work, the offense, versus mm. what the defense is actually doing. Because we know the defense cannot be full go. So, in the scenario you're presenting... You're killing me with those eyes. What I, do. I don't know. What I do. what I do. But I think in this scenario you're presenting, I was agreeing with you at first I my makes perfect sense. But then I started thinking of how training camp usually is. And it's the opposite where I feel like the, the 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 offense is actually getting more quote unquote valuable work and being in sync with players and throwing those passes as opposed to, what the defense are doing, well, can, the, the I t- see that, in the all that. Then
4: let's add in the context of, let's take the Cowboys, for example, right? Uh, the Cowboys, you have a new play caller, right? And maybe somewhere else in the league, you have a new play caller or it's a second year guy like Nathaniel Hackett or whatever the case may be. So you have a new play caller or a new-ish play caller and they're trying to do installs. Whereas if you flip it, If you keep it to the Dallas as an example, this is Dan Quinn's system. And for the most part, this is his same assistant coaching staff. And for the most part, they were able to prevent attrition and turnover and free agency and things like that. So that defensive unit, this defensive unit in Dallas is pretty much whole and it's a continuation. But when you have Cowboys, they were adding in Brandon Cooks and then Jalen Tolbert was trying to get some burn. Kevante Turpin's trying to get some burn. Let's mix in Hunter Lipke. Hey, let's throw in Deuce Vaughn as well. Oh, by the way, Zach Martin had a holdout. So from that context, the Cowboys' offense, if we're using that as just a microcosm of the mm-hmm. example, was did not have the advantage in training camp. So, yeah, the defense would come out. And that's why the defense, yes, there was rain and everything as well. But the defense, even on a clear sky in New York, I believe the defense would have still had the advantage over what we would have expected to see from the offense. But then you tie it into, generally speaking, from a macro, if The trend continues where we're in head coaches, and I'm completely on board with it. Check the receipts. I don't want franchise players playing in the preseason. I'm fine with that. But, yeah, it's going to take a little bit, you know, one or two weeks for those offenses to catch up with the opposing defenses because, to me, the defenses have the lead.
5: There's just not good enough offensive linemen in the league. There's that. That's (laughs) a problem. Mm -hmm. When you watch these games and you – Every team has that problem. We work on the draft show every year, and we talk about there's – there's outstanding defensive players in this league. The Russians, the, the rush at the edges, the tackles, uh linebackers, the front seven, the ability to cover is so much better now. You don't have enough you don't have enough offensive linemen. You are playing if you're you're lucky if you have one or two that are really, really good. And what happens is that puts a lot of pressure on your offense when your inability to block. Mm-hmm. You saw a great example of that the other day in the Cowboys game. Giants have worked on their offensive line. They don't have it right. You know what happened? They got exposed. Teams like look, look what happened with Minnesota. I mean, th- those those team. Everybody's got situations with their offensive line. There's just not enough good offensive linemen to go around. The draft has been a little better for the top of the draft for some teams, but there's also been a lot of misses there. More what defensive... needs to
1: happen? What needs to happen with the, like the college players?
5: The problem. The real problem is though that that. They're, it's harder to find offensive linemen just because of their size. You know, you could take converted running backs and make them edge rushers. You could mm. take converted. Uh, you could take converted. I mean, we've seen guys like quarterbacks. We've seen running backs. We've seen. You know, you can convert players to play bulk them up and play other positions. It's John hard. Stevens was a yeah, receiver. They tried yeah. To move it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard to find offensive line bodies. The one thing offensive linemen have come a little bit better, and the way that teams, uh, the way that uh, we we've got the seven on seven in high school football with the it's all about passing. Mm-hmm. Well, where do we work the offensive linemen in this drills? Mm-hmm. Where Where do we develop offensive linemen? It, a lot of it is natural ability, and they were brought up. Well, hey, you're not a you're not an edge. You're a a right tackle, or you're a left tackle. You know, it's, it's very, very rare that we have enough of these guys, especially. And the, the way the game is throwing the ball every snap, these guys don't develop as run blockers. They really don't. I mean, you're fortunate to have a guy like, like Terrence Steele, who's complete opposite. Yeah. He is a much better run blocker than he is a pass blocker. But there's a lot of guys in college, and he came from a school at, at Texas Tech that threw the ball every single snap. But it, that's that. That's just that rare development. But you don't have, you just don't have guys going and playing high school, college, NFL offensive line. It's easier to convert position. Like, okay, well, I'm going to take this running back and make him an edge. Put some weight on him. Next, know you got a 248 pound guy screaming off the edge, trying to go up against a tackle that is not athletic enough to handle that. That's a big problem
3: right now. And you look at the, the athletes, a lot of them are opting to play defensive line. Yeah. And I think it's because you can use your athleticism in a way that's probably a little more fun. Like, yeah. I just think you got a lot more athletes coming out. You look at the defensive tackles around the league. You can go to almost every team and find a really good defensive tackle these mm. days. Especially this division, not, yeah. Yeah, that used to yeah. not be the case. Yeah. A three technique on, on almost every team, you'll find a really good one. Right. And, uh, and that used to not be the case. And I think no. it's because over time— They've gotten a little more, a little better because athletes are choosing that position because they know there's opportunity. There.
5: The next position and that's going to die, yeah. is running backs. Mm. Right, kids yeah. are not oh, going to yeah. play running backs. Yeah. We're going to yeah. start to Old see
1: parents will be like, eh, yeah, ain't well, the there ain't no money there. That's, but
5: that's what I'm saying. And, you know, you, some of these running backs in college, the way they're used, the NIL money will be better than the money they make in the NFL. Yeah, and and it's it's just we're going to come to a point where colleges are going to start to use receivers like what San Francisco is doing. In as they're just running backs, the Debo Samuels and those kinds of guys.
3: And you saw what Debo was like. He was like, "Don't don't make me running back." Yeah, he was like, "Don't pay me like Uh, a running back. You can use me a little bit there, Mm -hmm. but I'm I'm a receiver. Let's be clear, I'm a receiver.
5: I think I think more and more players will be like, (laughs) make sure you keep me over receiver. The last ones like this draft was incredible. The Bijan Robinsons and others in this draft. But it is going to become a dying position because it's they're just not going to use them anymore. The people are not, I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to play running back. Play me at linebacker. Play me at uh, play me somewhere else. Yep. You know? All right. Um, let's get into Cowboys versus Jets. Uh, let's talk
3: first about Garrett Wilson. He's the wide receiver for the Jets. Uh, very talented wide receiver. Yeah. I know you said yesterday, Brian, that he's a guy that kind of can move around. Talk to me a little bit about what you guys think the matchup looks like, him against Diggs, Gilmore, and Bland, because if he's moving around, he may be – either of those three may be covering him at different points during the game. What do you think of the matchup?
4: I think when it comes to – I mean, each one – covers differently, but each one excels at what they do. Like Deron Bland, for example, much more physical. Much He likes to play tighter in space, being your personal space, disrupt your time, and he loves the man coverage of the three players that you just named. Whereas a guy like Diggs, uh, he can do man, but he's better as far as uh, being able to drop back, read, and react. And then Gilmore, he has the, the football IQ to just be able to do whatever needs to be done because he knows the route nine times out of ten that you're about to run before you come out of your break. So it's, just, it's a matter of... Um, who he's going to line up against Garrett Wilson, I'm speaking of. And then that's basically how the rep is going to end up going. So if you see him lined up in the slot for whatever reason, and he's in that nickel against Deron Bland, you can expect to see some immediate disruption in the timing of that route because Deron Bland is going to get up there. He's going to jam him. He's going to hit him, get physical, and he's going to glue himself to his hip. Trevon Diggs, he'll hit and release so that he can play a little bit more in space so he can read where the quarterback's trying to throw the ball and then hopefully jump the route. Stephon Gilmore, he's going to play it midway, where it's like he can press, but he's more comfortable comfortable, allowing the first step to happen so that he can see what's if it's an inside or outside break. And then his football IQ and his experience tells him this is what the route looks like is going to happen. So it'll be a fun matchup no matter who uh, he ends up going against Garrett Wilson does. But in any of those situations, albeit, and I'll say it again, Garrett Wilson is an exceptional talent. When you look at the secondary, particularly those three guys that you just talked about, he's going to have his hands full.
5: My hope is that the the jets don't run the ball and then make these corners have to play in the game when they on the edge you know that they have to come up, make a tackle come up, make a tackle, come getting blocked, come up, make a tackle you know that that's that's wear and tear on you right there during a game, and so you almost have to play a separate game. I worry about the jets like I say the run, and then all of a sudden it's they go play action and now Garrett Wilson's running by you because you're a little beat up from having to defend There's the run. No but you're not, but you're and you're not focusing because you're focusing on, wait a minute, it's it's crack toss, it's it's you know, just toss sweep. Oh, balls bounce to the outside. You can lull yourself into just playing, gotta play the run, gotta play the run, got well, they just ran past me. You know, Mm -hmm. you shouldn't be scared of Alan Lazard's speed. You shouldn't be scared of Randall Cobb's speed. Mm -hmm. But what you should be scared of is Garrett Wilson when his ability to run by you there. If, in fact, it turns into run, 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 pass, you know, that kind of thing, where all of a sudden now they're making you have to, they're taking you out of your game where you're so used to just running routes with the the guy, covering the guy, covering the guy, covering the guy. Well, now the Jets make you play a physical side of the game, and you're now pushed into that role. That's the thing that would worry me a little bit about playing this, uh, you know, a playing. I, I think this game is really going to hinge on the Cowboys' offensive ability to score points. I know points wins games, but you put pressure on the Jets to have to score with you. Yes. It will be a it will be a problem for their offense. Make the scoreboard the 12th defender. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't want to say what I w- want to say because then it'll well, now, now, now no, be say no, it will mess up my segment. No, no, because if I say it, I'm going <laughs> to screw up one of the things that I'm going to do in the segment. Fair so I'm going to save it. All
3: right. We can save that. Um, talk about Quentin Williams. He is, in my opinion, maybe the best defender they have on their team. He and Sauce Gardner, uh, but certainly a force there on the defensive line. How do you expect him to line up? Where do you expect him to line up? And, and what do you expect the matchups to be uh, relative to the Cowboys' offensive line? Uh, and how, does the Cowboy, how do the Cowboys rank there? Like How do they match up against Quentin
5: Williams? Well, the Quentin Williams is, is problematic because the tackles you played last week were really heavy, just base kind of yep. defensive tackles. So, you know, they're straight-ahead players. There's not a lot of movement to them. It's more power than it is uh, movement. Quentin Williams is the opposite of that. He is a big guy, but he also has the ability to play small. And when I mean play small is they play that wide technique. I talked about it in the breakdown. They call it a wide 9 because of how the gaps are uh, you know within their their ability and they like to slant, they like to twist, they like to attack the shoulder. That's going to be the issues that when they spread you out like that, they create space as well, you know with the with the with the offensive line. And then, so what you have to do is you have to be ready for like a and Williams going up up playing on your shoulder and just getting upfield and just taking the gap and then he'll go upfield and then work back to the ball real quick so you've got to be ready to to get over to slide over Zach Martin could be super comfortable we've seen Zach Martin do this a hundred times, jam with his right hand and then it sets the guy, and then he jams with his left hand that allows his body to get in place. We'll see if Adoga can be that guy. Adoga, he's got to play with his hands. Hands and feet have to work against Quinton Williams. If you don't have hands and feet, he's going to beat you to the corner, he's going to work your shoulder, and then he's going to be in the backfield.
4: Everything he said. Period. Everything he said. Because Quentin Williams is, in fact, more athletic than the defensive tackles that they went up against in New York uh, with the Giants. So, yeah, when you talk about the likelihood – that Tyler Smith won't be on the field Uh, Chuma Edoga it's going to be another big test
5: for you but a different type of test yeah that's the point it's not the same test as last week I don't yeah because that played right into Adoga's hands when you watched him play he could just sit down sit down play with power this ain't that I, I don't waste Quinn and Williams reps on Zach Martin yeah. If I'm the Jets, I, I'm like, no, no. Every time that Quentin Williams is in there, he's going against Dodoga. Agreed. I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to, but Dallas has to take advantage of that too. The problem is on the other side, Quentin Jefferson's a pretty good player next to him. Mm-hmm. So you got to make sure. But, you know, if you're Zach Martin, Zach Martin should be able to handle Quentin Jefferson. But on the other side, like I say, I am not I am not putting any Quinnen Williams reps on Martin because that's a wash right there. And you mm-hmm. probably have to uh, at some point, at several points in the game, you'll probably
4: see running backs helping on Quentin Williams as far as on that side of the ball, trying mm-hmm. to you know slow him down to give Dak some some time. But speaking of time, the fact that Dak Prescott had the quickest trigger in the league last week, two point one one seconds yeah. from <laughs> receipt to release, mm-hmm. that bodes well for the Cowboys. And you know we asked. Back about it yesterday, he just kind of smiled and he was like Texas Coast. That's the offense, right? Yeah. That's the offense. Mm-hmm. So, that one way that the Cowboys are going to try to neutralize Quentin Williams and just the defensive line of the New York Jets is to get the ball out as quickly as possible.
5: Well, you're also in a situation too that we two rookie corners with the Giants last week. Yeah. You mm-hmm. took advantage of guys that really were is. inexperienced. The ball coming out quick is a great thing. These corners drive really well on the ball. Mm. You got and like I said earlier, you've got to be sure. If you're going to throw the ball, there is no hesitation. You gotta you gotta read it and let it fly. Because if you hesitate for a second, you're gonna allow these receivers to I mean, excuse me, these these corners to play the ball, either over the shoulder, around the back, drive in front of it. Mm. You've got to make sure that if you're gonna throw this thing quick be sure about it, and be accurate about it. And that puts the onus, and perfectly said, and that puts the onus on the opposite side of that as
4: well. These receivers have to make sure yeah. that they get their timing, that they hit their spots, because if Dak sees it, he's throwing it, and he does what Brian says, that ball's coming, and you better be there to catch well, it. Well,
5: that's the problem that Dak had with interceptions last it, year. It exactly weren't, they, there were right. times where, exactly where right. Lamb didn't get inside. There's times when Schultz didn't get inside because there was hesitation of way the coverages were being played. You know, Guys jam them on the line. They don't get off the line. They're kind of off balance, and now the ball's in the air. Mm -hmm. And now you're dealing with problems.
1: It's funny how our mood has changed, how differently it's changed when mentioning Chuma's name in a matchup compared to last week. Had this been this week, we would have been... Well, it's not funny. It's good. It's good that that, you would have been saying, oh, no, we're we're screwed. You would have been saying that, Brian. But it's, it's good to hear that he showed and was able to do... Something progression compared to what we saw at the training he, camp, and that I now we're talking better. about matchups I like this better. where you can actually compete. When he better.
5: plays in space, he's not as good a player. When you watch him play tackle, that's not his cup of tea. You said you think he's a guard. Put, like, put, put, put him in that phone, in that phone, in booth. phone yeah, booth. Yeah, put him in that phone booth and, and let him block. That's you know that's how you got
3: to work it. All right, we will take our final break, and when we come back, Amber has a game for us. We'll Let's see what that's roll. all about. We'll be back in, da- in just a minute. It's DallasCowboys.com radio.
0: to the break.
5: Check out the latest and greatest addition to the tours at AT&T Stadium and the Star in Frisco. Meet Jerry Jones. An interactive experience. Get a peek behind the curtain and into the fascinating life of Jerry Jones, with a focus on innovative fan experience. In partnership with AT&T, this interactive technology gives the tour goers the opportunity to ask Mr. Jones a variety of questions. For more information and to book your tour, visit dallascowboys.com slash tours. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Live from SWBC
3: Mortgage Studios at the Star. It's time for a little segment with Amber that she calls, who's behind that voice? Mm.
1: Yeah, so winner and loser gets to take a shot. You guys get tequila. Brian, you get bourbon.
3: No, I'm just oh, kidding. Oh, is no, that
1: what we are doing? No, I'm oh. just kidding. Oh, we turn uh, it was, up? Was, was, it is. Was, we turned uh, it uh, Freaky up. Freaky Friday. <laughs> Yay. Hashtag Freaky Friday. Turn it no, up. No, but in this game, we're going <laughs> to.
4: Turn it up.
1: <laughs> we're going to listen to a voice, a player's voice. Yep. And it's going to be muffled, and you guys are going to have to guess who it was. Patrick, you go last because you're usually more inside the oh, locker room. <laughs> and then we'll listen and see the video of the player. Responding to something else and then we'll discuss. Okay. All right, right, so let's go. Chris is going to be working pretty hard back there, so go ahead, Chris.
2: That's a bunch of dogs, a bunch of dogs. Really not not, not much to say about it. It's just a bunch of dogs. You see it on film, you turn the tape on from the top to the bottom. From the top to the bottom, we got guys that's going to get after
1: it. Brian.
5: I was in the locker room for that one. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm. I'm. I was not. <laughs> so I'm gonna guess that's Diggs.
1: That's a good guess.
5: But it's not Diggs. It's not Diggs. Yeah.
1: Who is it?
2: Jaron Curse. It's Jaron Curse.
1: Let's see the clip, play, Chris.
4: You know, we we just we just got guys that get that gets after it, and uh, he was huge shout out to my young boy uh, Marquise Bell. I am. I'm proud of him. I'm proud of him. Uh, you know, we we just we just got guys that get that gets after it, and uh. Huge shout out to my young boy.
1: Uh. All right. it is Jeremy Curse. So, points for you two. Um, wanted to talk about Marquise, Marquise Bell. He's a yeah. guy that yeah. uh, we haven't really talked a whole lot about him. That before, he was kind of that guy that was kind of on the line. Is he going to be good enough? Is he not? And he's gotten to the point where he's showing some things to the point where you get a guy like Curse calling specifically his name out after a win, a big win, uh, in the first week. So, Brian, I'll start with you and yeah. your thoughts of the progression and what Bell has shown so
5: yeah, far. Yeah, and quickly, I know because this game is a lot of fun. Uh, the, the, the thing I, th- I really like about Bell is that he showed up in training camp, he showed up in the in the preseason games, and he's carried it over to the games. Mm-hmm. The game does not look too big for him. Uh, he fits in a lot of different roles. He's a physical player. He's a finisher. Uh, I love what Dan Quinn's been able to do with him, that that physical nature but he's able to play with.
4: In uh, love with Marquise Bell is doing, did in training camp, did in preseason. Like Brian said, it's rolling over to the regular season. But even more impressive is the fact that, I mean, for the most part, for what we saw in week one, he's been thrown into what we, what we can call the overshown package. Yeah. And he was thrown into that in a fairly short order. And now he's on the road in the rain, flying all over the place, leading the team in tackles. I mean, just a fantastic story for for a guy out of an HBCU when the narrative is that those kinds of players don't come out of an HBCU. So I talked to Marquise a couple of days ago in the locker room and I asked him, you know, w- what is his mindset as far as keeping this going? And he was like, keeping in mind before the game, he was like he was going to, willing to do anything and everything the Cowboys wanted him to do. He showed that. So I said, hey, fantastic game. How do you build on that? And he said, hey, at the end of the day, it's just me playing football. I love that mindset. That, that's the dog that J-Ron is talking about. Mm-hmm. I will say this, and I, I feel bad for feeling like this,
3: but I can't help, after watching that game, think, man, I really wanted to see DeMarion overshone in that role. I think he would have Why did you sad. feel bad? You not because, feel well, the bad reason why I feel bad that. is because it I, it, you not, feel like it diminishes I feel like it diminishes what Marquise was able to do. It diminishes what Wanye was able to do. Like They both played really great games, and they, they yeah. helped this defense. And so I don't want to take away from them, but that still is in the back of my mind. Yeah. Like I really nice wish shirt, I could have seen yeah. Hook him. I really <laughs> wish I could have seen Overshone this year in that role because I think no, he could have been
4: outstanding in that role. I think both things are true. Yeah. I mean, we can be very impressed as we are with what Wanya and Marquise were able to do and still kind of wish we were able to see this year what Overshawn would have done yeah. because, I mean, he just lit training camp on fire. But we'll see him in year two, um, and that I am really looking forward to.
1: All right, let's listen to the second audio.
4: That's for y'all to write, you know. The only thing we do is go out there and play the game, you know. So if y'all feel like the statement was made, go ahead and put them all on, you know, the front page. Big letters, you know, bold letters. um, You know, but I definitely feel like we did our job, you know, to the maximum of our ability. And I feel like we can still learn and get better from it. You know who
5: that is? Yeah, Who is it? Oh, well, do I have to guess? Oh, I'm I thought you
2: were, thought you were going know. around the no, room. No,
5: she said I'm led. She doesn't
3: yeah.
2: want us to do it they first. Go ahead and guess. I, really it, was loud, Marcus.
5: So. it was Marcus Lawrence. It was Tank. Is yeah. it Tank? It was Tank. It yeah. is tank. I was thinking him or Hankins. It was Tank. Kind of a yeah. Hankins kind of a little... Yeah, yeah. Low, I, had a low, yeah. Low. I could see yeah. that. I
3: could see that. But no, he was he was definitely like, I liked the part where he said, put it in big letters. That's what Y'all want to put
1: it out there. For y'all to write. Yeah, put it in big letters. All right, let's see the video. Go ahead, yeah
4: game, we're going to make sure, you know, we get back in, um, clean up our mistakes.
5: Oops. That'll do. Wait. That's <laughs> him. Yeah. His necklace. It, it was going. a quick clip. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: don't know what happened with the clip, but basically he's saying we're going to go out there and not have a big – we're not going to get a big head. Right. So back to what we were talking about a couple of days ago, it's good to get veteran guys, leaders mm-hmm. like him, kind of keeping yourself grounded yeah. and knowing let's move on to the next – Opponent, all right, let's listen to the next audio. You ask
3: me what me. asking me or you telling him? You asking me, I feel like we're just gonna continue to put it on display every week and then we're gonna let y'all decide.
4: I think I know who that is.
1: <laughs> Derek's over here thinking
3: it was one of the defensive guys. I'm trying to remember who that was. I remember the quote. Was
5: it Osa? <sighs> I don't think so. I think that might have been secondary. I, I got my
4: guess. I, I think I know who it is.
5: Malik Hooker, go ahead. It's Trayvon.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's Diggs. Diggs. All right. Diggs. I was not thinking him. I was All right. Let's him. watch the clip.
4: You asked me, are we the best cornerback doing the league? What's
5: your okay? That's better? Better.
4: Uh, I feel like we're just going to continue to put
3: it on display every week. Yeah, that was my man yeah. Nick's question actually. Nick uh, Nick Harris. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I remember that. Moment.
1: Do you guys feel that they are becoming him? With the combination of Gilmore becoming the best cornerback duo in the league. Huge. I gain,
5: Yeah, huge upgrade over, and nothing against Anthony Brown, but a huge upgrade over yeah. what they've done there. They've done it with the pass rush and then the ability for both their corners to mm-hmm. cover the, as well as they do and kick Bland in there as well. Yeah, I, I would th- there was a lot of personal directors around the league that would love to have this secondary. I
4: yeah. said coming into the season, and I was not shy about it because I'm not shy about anything. I said that this duo was the best duo in the league, and you know, some people kind of uh, pushed back on Twitter, and they were like, well, what about in Miami? Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey, then of course Jalen Ramsey gets injured in August, he has to deal with that. Um, but I feel like as, as elite as Jalen Ramsey is, I wonder if he's on the back end of his career, whereas if you look at what Stefan Gilmore, for example, did in week one against the Giants, I still feel think he's right there in that window of prime. And then, of course, you know for a fact Trayvon Diggs is still prime. De- Deron Bland hasn't even reached prime form yet, and he's already at elite status. So even if you uh, remove Deron from it, I think that that duo, this duo here, is in fact the best in the league. I'll even take it a step further. I agree
3: with all that, and I I would really focus in on the point of they are the best threesome in the league. Like I don't yeah. even think it's close if you start mm-hmm. seeing the top, the top three, if you go look at everybody's top three, and you want to just get gonna, really crazy? You want to do the top four? Like I think when you look at this <laughs> secondary nuts, dude, between the cornerbacks and the safeties, oh, not only are they man. good, they're good and they're deep. They're extremely yeah. deep. Yeah. And so that's the part to me that's that's even more important than saying they're the best duo in the league. This secondary is really good and they're very
4: deep. And I don't think there's anybody that's close to them yeah. when you look at it from that standpoint. I Diggs, uh, in the locker room, had a kind of side exclusive talk with him. And I said, what's, "What's what do you think your message would be to those that saw that game as far as secondary? Your ability to tackle, killing that narrative and everything. He said, "Don't throw the ball." Yeah. <laughs> all, right. all right, there it is. All right, well, <laughs> Keep tackling. Let's, can we do it? one, last, do one, one. Do one last one? Let's do one more. This
1: last one it relates to the game this weekend, so let's listen to the final audio.
4: No, they're D line. I think that's the heart of the team right there. Uh, all four guys up front, and then they got depth too. So I mean, it's going to be a good challenge for us. But man, we're up for it. So I mean, they got to they got to go through us too. So
3: I think I know who that is. I do, but it's the tip of the tongue. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's
5: Terrence Steele. Is it? That's got it. Yeah, Terrence Steele.
1: Let's watch the clip. When? you <laughs> <laughs> I was, yeah,
2: yeah it was was
5: the I was thing. him. I uh, was uh, Smith. Yeah. Smith. Uh, did they come from like the same, similar families of uh, coaching and stuff? Yes. So
1: basically he's talking about the similarities between the defense uh, that the that they have now Mm -hmm. versus the one they face with the 49ers. -hmm. So I wanted to kind of bring back into the discussion as to what are those similarities where now you're talking about every player here in the locker room mentioning this defense that – it's being compared to the ones that the 49ers have. And we know that been a, that has been a, clearly a struggle for the Cowboys. I
5: think they're a step below defensively Absolutely. in the front seven of what the 49ers do. I think, there's, I think the linebackers of the Jets are good. I think the 49ers linebackers are really good. I think the power which the 49ers play up front, I think they physically beat you up. I think the Jets are more of a try and move mm-hmm. and get to the ball as where the 49ers are going to go through you to get to the ball. And I actually think the Jets have a better secondary. I was, I was about way to way. say I that, think yeah. they have a better
4: secondary. I think if you team. look at the linebacker unit, I think you, you could argue that it's a wash, but um, because you're talking about a guy like Fred Warner.
1: Out yeah, in, in I'd, San I'd San take Francisco, him all day. Uh, all
4: day yeah. long. But you could argue that that's at least close to a wash. I'd give the edge on the defensive line to the San Francisco 49ers, but the edge in the secondary goes to the New York Jets.
1: Yeah, well, that I that is definitely we went way over time. I love that
3: one. We still had a couple more, but that's okay.
1: Um, It's it's funny how the Jets have made a name for themselves and we're not longer kind of dismissing that team. Go ahead and Derek. Let's get into predictions. All right. what well we got
3: cool. you guys. Uh, got to tell me what you think is going to happen this weekend. Give me the prediction and the score, Brian. Let's start with you today.
5: I'm going to say the Cowboys. I think this is going to. Last week I picked a close game. I still think it's going to be a close game. I think defensively, uh, it's going to be hard for the the Jets to, uh, you know, to to to. I think there's going to be some times where you're going to get stopped along the way offensively. I'm going to go with the Cowboys are going to win this one 24-16.
4: Okay. Um, I want to see Scary Hours again from the defense, and um, that's why I'm wearing my Friday the 13th cap. I want <laughs> Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, Chucky. I want I want everybody. <laughs> I want I want it to be a horror movie for Zach Wilson, and I believe that it can be. Um, to that point, I don't know that the Jets offense can get going. I think the Cowboys do a very effective job at bottling up Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, and everything just falls into place from there. Offensively, I do believe that they're going to get more on track as far as being the the meat of what happens on the scoreboard for the Cowboys so I'm going I don't think it'll be as close as many think I'm going 24 for the Cowboys they're still gonna have some challenges going against that defense but I think the Cowboys off uh, defense shuts down Zach Wilson to the tune of six I think they only get two field goals so 24-6 Cowboys
1: oh uh, mine was kind of close I'll I'll be quick I think Cowboys win uh, 29-9 no, 27-9. Tw- 27, nine. 27. Yeah, 27-9, like Cowboys.
3: It. All right, and I also think the Cowboys win. I think it's a, a low-scoring game for the Jets. I also don't think it's a big-scoring game for the Cowboys. I think it's a defensive battle. Yeah. Cowboys win 17-6 in an uh, otherwise pedestrian game. You move on to the next week. Real quick, though, we do have our pod picks. I want to ask you guys, who do you think will be the first receiving touchdown? Who will catch the first receiving touchdown for the Cowboys this weekend?
4: I'm going CD Lamb. All right. um, I think you know, and we don't know if Cooks is going to play. We're optimistic that he will play, um, but even if Cooks does play, I think it's going to be C D Line. Right. I'm going to go with uh, Jace with uh, Ferguson. Yeah, we always think alike yeah. every time. Well, I, I, I went with Ferguson last week <laughs> yeah. and he dropped. So I don't want to jinx him. I hear you. I know, and I was just thinking, uh,
1: a tight end is so easy to choose for a guy like Dak, you know. But um, man, I don't want to choose Ferguson again, but. Let's just call it. A, I have to give you a name, huh? Yeah, yeah. You gotta give me yeah. a name. You're choosing Ferguson too. I don't want to choose the same. It's thing not uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we've <laughs> seen crazy can go, things. You could go Hinder
3: shot. That's not a bad one. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's not, but yeah. I don't feel it. So, schoolmaker. <laughs> <That's laughs> <fair. laughs> <laughs> you want to title? Schoolmaker. Um, just.
3: You can go with Ferguson,
1: Let's give it to Gallup. Let's see Gallup shine a little bit. Right. Ferguson
3: for the two of us. All right. Appreciate you guys joining So We'll be back next week. We'll let you know what right and wrong for the Cowboys. Till then, for Patrick Walker, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!